Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Initialize sequence now. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas, home to the world's largest medical center. This is Your Health First, the most beneficial health program on radio with Dr. Jill Galati. During the next hour, you'll learn about health, wellness, and the prevention of disease. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Galati. Well, it's another Sunday evening in Houston, Texas, and elsewhere around the world. And so glad you were tuned into Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every single Sunday between the hour of 7 and 8 p.m., we are here bringing you the absolute best in health and wellness. And as I've been saying for I believe 14 years now, our single mission is to make you better consumers of healthcare. It's a big task, but we are here and love what we do. Now, to get set, don't forget, go to our website, yourhealthfirst.com, yourhealthfirst.com. And what can you do there? Everything we're discussing tonight, which I'll tell you about in just a second, is posted on yourhealthfirst.com. You can send me an email. You can communicate with us. All of our social media connections are on yourhealthfirst.com. You can contact us if you've got a liver or digestive disorder. Texasliver.com is our practice. And Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, it's all there on yourhealthfirst.com. In the studio tonight, a little later, we're going to be discussing diabetes. And when you look at the numbers with regard to diabetes, these numbers never are anything we could settle with. The prevalence is about 30 million Americans have diabetes. And the number here that is most disturbing is that over 8 million are undiagnosed. Diagnosed, And for those of you that may have diabetes or you have a touch of diabetes, Dr. Archna Sadhu is going to be here tonight. She is an expert in diabetes from Houston Methodist Hospital right here in the Texas Medical Center. And uh, she has been on before, and uh, we just enjoy having her on. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about diabetes. And there's information posted on yourhealthfirst.com, Facebook, uh, with regard to diabetes and Dr. Sadhu and what we will be talking about. So if you have diabetes, you know somebody has that has diabetes, you've got a few minutes to call them, text them, and say, tune in to your health first. All right. What, what I wanted to start off with tonight, last night I was at a 50th birthday party, and, and I am getting to the age now where All of my friends are turning 50. I myself had my 50th birthday party a few years ago. 
But last night, Craig Pope, very good friend, been been friends, family for a very long time. He had his 50th birthday party. And besides the usual good cheer, what has sort of worked in to the 50th birthday party are comments about, hey, it's time to get your colonoscopy. And everybody was sort of looking at me like, huh, huh, you going to do his colonoscopy? You going to, you know, when's he coming down to see you? And so with all of us, it, it is a milestone reaching 50. But also it, it has sort of come into our culture that 50 years old, it's time to think about having a colonoscopy. And I, I just want to, you know, touch for a minute here on, on colonoscopy. Now, so many now I've been doing this for over 25 years doing colonoscopies and talking to people with colon cancer or trying to prevent colon cancer and the one theme that that always co- continues to come up is that people are I wouldn't say they're afraid of the bowel prep they just fear the bowel prep so you have to invest a few hours the night and or early morning before a colonoscopy by drinking some liquid that does not taste all that bad. Having done it myself, I'm basically saying, what is the big deal? But you have to invest a few hours to prepare yourself so that when you come and see us, you have a clean colon so that we can look for polyps and we can remove them so that they do not turn to cancer. And what a lot of people don't understand is that colon cancer is the number three killer amongst adults here in the United States. There are about 135,000 new cases of colon cancer and about 50,000 colon cancer deaths every year. That is 50,000 too many. Compared to breast cancer, there are 40,000 Breast cancer deaths per year. Lung, by far, is the number one killer. Nearly 160,000 people die from lung cancer. So you can see that colon cancer is a very big problem. And so what do you need to think tonight? If you are 50. Now, the reason we start at 50 is because that is when polyps start to form in the human colon. Now, if you are African-American, the rules are different. You have to be screened starting at age 45. And unfortunately, like so many medical conditions, including diabetes, and Dr. Sadu could comment on that, African-Americans are just dealt a worse hand with regard to prostate cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and uh, colon cancer. So if you are African-American and 45 or older, you need to be screened. Non-African-American, 50. And when you look at this, there are lapses in our screening, meaning the Asian population, underrepresented in appropriate screening. African-American, there was an article published probably two weeks ago showing that African-Americans are still underrepresented in in being screened. And, of course, you know, we're not getting that 95% screening rate that we would want for all others, all right? And so when you're sitting here, the, the main thing about a screening test is that you don't, 
we don't want you to have symptoms. All right. If you if you say, oh, you know, I'm, I don't have any pain, nothing bothers me, that is the wrong approach because that is the ideal person we want to see, somebody that does not have symptoms. If you have blood in your stool, cramps, weight loss, that's no longer a screening procedure. And so certainly this is what I do for a living when we're not on the radio. Give us a call. You could go to TexasLiver.com. Give us a call. Tomorrow, 713-794-0700. If you'd like for me to take a look, talk about colon cancer screening, we are more than happy to help our listeners out. We're going to take a break now. Coming up, diabetes, massive public health problem. Dr. Sadhu from Houston Methodist Hospital will be here in a minute. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. You're tuned into Your Health First. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., your radio and your body should be in front of us. Your Health First. Yourhealthfirst.com is our website. We're already getting responses on the colon cancer screening. Somebody sent me a message, said, what's your phone number? 713-794-0700. Or you could go to texasliver.com. Texas, T-E-X-A-S-L-I-V-E-R.com if you want to chat with us about colorectal cancer and colonoscopy and things like that. So as I had said earlier, Dr. Archana Sadhu from Houston Methodist Hospitals here in the studio. She is our absolute favorite diabetes expert in the world. And she is here tonight. Archna, welcome uh, again, and thanks for shedding light on such a huge problem. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So, you know, you and I always talk about this, um, how big of a problem diabetes is. And the numbers, 29 to 30 million people have it. That's about 9 to 10 percent of the population. The undiagnosed group is, uh, it's, it's almost something we're, you know, to be ashamed of that there's over 8 million people undiagnosed. Now, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm not saying it's your fault. It's just one of those things that, that is not good. So since we've got the time tonight and, and, and sort of a reset for maybe people that have not heard you in the past, Let's try to educate everybody on diabetes. There's type 1 and type 2. Why don't you first explain what is type 1 diabetes? So uh, those are the classic distinctions, type 1 and type 2. But actually, as we learn more and more about diabetes, there's much more spectrum than that. But simply put, type 1 diabetes is actually under the spectrum of autoimmune disorders. Mm -hmm. That means your immune system attacks your own body by mistake. Mm-hmm. And it attacks the pancreas in this case, and the pancreas is the organ that makes insulin. So when patients have type 1 diabetes, they are not able to make any insulin, and that is a um, life-saving hormone. So they must always be on insulin therapy. Type 2 diabetes is different. It is actually a problem of insulin resistance, mm-hmm. which means that their pancreas is making insulin, 
And in the early parts, lots of insulin, but the rest of the body tissues are resistant to it. So it needs to make more and more. And eventually it starts to what we say burn out. Right. And then the blood sugars rise. Now, you could classify many, many cases of type 1 diabetes can occur in children and possibly younger people where type 2 really when we were being trained, was a disease of the 55 and 60 and older group. It was something grandma and grandpa would get. But now we're seeing little Johnny in high school is getting type 2 diabetes, and that is because of? Uh, Many, many reasons. Okay. Okay. So um, let me just say, actually, it's even uh, younger than high school. Right. Right. Um, in fact, the youngest patient diagnosed with type 2 diabetes was here in Houston Ugh. at age three. Yeah, it was an amazing case report at one of our diabetes scientific meetings, and they had to uh, prepare special formulas of medications right. for a toddler like that. Yeah, so w- with with type 2 and this insulin resistance, is it fair to say or oversimplify that obesity is a major thread through all this? Absolutely. Obesity is a large part of insulin resistance, as is physical inactivity, uh, poor dietary choices. A family history is also a big major mm-hmm, contributor mm-hmm. to development of type 2 diabetes. And when you have this milieu of all of these um, risk factors, uh, that's why we're seeing the prevalence so high these days. We are much more sedentary. We have access to foods that we never should. <laughs> yeah, and, like three quarters of it. <laughs> exactly. It's much too easy to get these unhealthy foods. And out of convenience, costs, et cetera, uh, our society is eating more and more of them and, uh, and not exercising enough. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, with, with all of the, the breakthroughs with new drug development and uh, uh, things along those lines – how how much of type 2 diabetes can be controlled by diet and exercise alone? So it depends on where you are in the disease um, okay. state. So another alarming statistic we haven't mentioned is there's 29 million with diabetes, but there's another 86 million who have pre-diabetes. Okay. And that means about 50 to 30% of them will go on to have diabetes within five years if they do nothing. Right. But, but we have great scientific data to show that in that state, in that early state, if you were to change your lifestyle, you could reduce that risk by 50%. And that means exercising, losing weight, and eating yeah. Um, healthy. Yeah. Those, those people with pre-diabetes Many times I'm seeing them because they have fatty liver. That's okay? right. Okay, fatty liver disease. And and so they come and we see them and they are overweight. Uh, they are told they have, as I say all the time, a touch of diabetes. Just a touch. Or borderline. Borderline. It's not that bad. And, and unfortunately, many, many times the care that they're receiving, the patients are, I would say, unimpressed with the severity of how bad this is, and they say, well, I'll try to lose weight. I'll try to exercise, which never happens. Then they end up seeing me. They're on the, the borderline of having cirrhosis, and and you look at their records, and they have had a pre-diabetic state for five, Many six, seven, years. eight years. Yes. 
yes. And it's sad when major- a lot of cases of diabetes, I wouldn't say majority, but a lot, um, by the time they get the diagnosis, they've already developed complications of the disease. Right. Because it's relatively silent until those complications occur. And that's much too far into it. That's why we have these undiagnosed patients. And that's why the prevalence is um, going up every every time we look at it. Right. In the next couple of minutes or so, the management of type 1 is going to be, for the most part, going to be insulin. On the type 2, how do you approach this patient from a, from a treatment and, and a strategy standpoint? Well, all diabetes is very multidisciplinary, but for the type 2, it's a lot of focus on lifestyle. Right. Um, there are great drugs, and the number of drugs are uh, mushrooming, really, uh-huh. and um, a lot of great options for patients depending on their particular needs. But medications is only one aspect mm-hmm. of it. Then there's the regular physical activity. And I tell my patients all the time, this is a prescription. It's a free one. You don't pay for right, it at right. the drugstore. But this is like taking your medicine. It must be done. It must be done on a very regimented basis. And food, food also. They must watch what carbs they eat and how much they're eating. And um, it takes a much bigger conversation. Then it goes into lifestyle priorities of, of what they have to do for the day. And sometimes um, issues like depression mm-hmm, um, are mm-hmm. a factor that prohibit them from going out and doing all these things they know they should. Yeah. Do you think the typical patient that you see in the clinic th- thoroughly appreciates the role of exercise and diet? Or is it, or is it something that, you know, you go to the doctor and they're going to tell you to eat better and exercise. Sure, I get it. Thank you. Where's my script? Well, um, I'd like to think that my patients, I've done a good job in educating <laughs> them, but I know exactly what you're saying. This aspect of our patient care takes time. Right. And it takes conversation and um, back and forth between the patient and the doctor. And um, this doesn't always happen, especially in busy primary care practices. And this is why we have rates like 50% of patients with diabetes are not meeting their goals for their blood sugar control, blood pressure control, and cholesterol control. Yeah, no, no, no problem. All right, we're talking with Dr. Archana Sadhu from... Houston Methodist Hospital. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. This is Your Health First. More after the break about diabetes. Big, huge problem. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Every Sunday between 7 and 8 p.m., you should be here listening to Your Health First. YourHealthFirst.com is our website. Let me uh, list off a few complications of diabetes. Hypertension, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, increased heart disease rate of death. Increased heart, or t- increased heart attack, increased stroke, blindness, eye problems, kidney disease, leading to diabetes, leading to dialysis, and amputations. We're with Dr. Sadhu from Houston Methodist Hospital, a diabetes expert. Those are a nice list of complications that you can look forward to. And they're not complete. There's no, that's more. this is this is the liver doctor's version of diabetes complications. <laughs> Give us the diabetes experts. Complication so list. I always say it's a head-to-toe disease. That's right. It starts with the brain, 
um, strokes, uh, depression is part of diabetes, um, eyes with uh, blindness, um, heart, of course, heart attack and heart failure, right? Uh, kidney failure, liver failure. Yes, liver. Yes, liver failure. At the center failure. of the universe. Yes, and your universe. Yes, <laughs> and yours. <laughs> um, and you go downwards, you know, go to your legs, you lose um, circulation to the legs, and that leads to the amputations. So you name it, it goes from head to toe. It takes no prisoners. Unfortunately. And, and, you know, again, I'm very much interested in the physician-patient experience and to learn from you because I know talking to my patients with liver disease and digestive disorders, the reaction when we tell them. But when you look at them and say, unless you get your blood sugar under control, your hemoglobin A1C down, uh, lose weight, follow the diet, you may be at risk for losing a limb getting on dialysis, going blind, becoming impotent. What's, what's the reaction on these people's face? Are, are they are they Are they shocked or do they say, huh, okay, no, well, I'll try. I, everybody what? is shocked. Yeah. And in fact, um, I think they haven't had these conversations enough and early enough. Um, as you know, Dr. Galati, I also treat patients who have had very end-stage complications right. of diabetes that require transplant. Right. And whenever I talk to transplant patients, um, they always come back to me and say, and I usually meet them around transplant, and they say to me, if somebody had just sat down with me 20 years ago and told me this could happen, I would have done it differently. Right. And so that that actually segues into a, a question that I have. And, and for the listeners tonight, my my goal here, all the years that we've been doing this, is to give you actionable information that you could listen tonight. You're listening to an expert like Dr. Sadhu, and, and you can incorporate this. So the main, the main question here is, with all the millions of diabetics that are there, at what point should they see a diabetes expert rather than the care through their very concerned, interested primary care physician? What is that point? So you should talk to your doctor if you have diabetes. What are your goals? What are your medical goals? And if you're not meeting those medical goals, it's time to see someone more expert. So what are medical goals? Explain that. So it's, it's more than tests. just the blood sugar. It's more than just your finger stick in the morning. Oh, yes. 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 Um, but one of the very common um, knowledge that we try to partake on to the patients is uh, A1C, hemoglobin right. A1C. A1C. It's a blood test that's done, and it gives you an average of your sugars over three months. Right. If you have diabetes, you should know what your hemoglobin A1C value is. And for most people, the goal is to be less than 7%. And if you're not, you need to be escalating the therapy, whether that be the medications or the amount of exercise or losing more weight or changing the way you eat entirely. And it's usually all of them now, that now, are needed. Now, suppose that the physician is recommending a dietitian and a change in diet and exercise and talking, you know, doing all of that. But yet John Q. Public just is a little resistant. Uh, you know, I'm too busy. I'm traveling. I don't have the time. Things get away from me. And we put a little bit more fault if we could say, on the patient, not so much the doc. Do you still think at that point they need to see a specialist and kick up the intensity of the care? Well, here's the problem, Joe. There is a shortage of endocrinologists. Right. It's 
plain and simple. Right. So we could nowhere near see more than in actually 85% of diabetes is treated by primary care doctors. Right. So we need the patient to take responsibility, and we need their physician to take responsibility right up front. Right. Now, there are cases that are just challenging for many, many reasons, right. and those are the ones that could uh, get more from seeing an expert like an endocrinologist. Right. But patient responsibility and uh, primary care responsibility are first. They're the front line, and then anything more... Um, challenging or unusual would be going to an endocrinologist. And, and I guess at the same time, for the, the the patient and their family, if they have a sense that the sugars, you know, they're trying, but the sugars are not under control, maybe they're starting to have some kidney involvement, a little protein in the urine, you know, a fatty liver. Um, I, I would think them, they themselves should talk with their primary Absolutely. care physician Absolutely. and say, look, and again, it's this is where it becomes, you know, it's it's a relationship that you're saying, hey, I like you. You're doing a pretty good job, but I'm going elsewhere. That that necessarily is not the way to do it. But it, it may be for the patients, Benefit. for everybody listening tonight, for the patient to initiate and say, you know what, maybe just one or two or three visits to sort of tune up my care may be the best thing. Absolutely. So an endocrinologist can sit down with these patients and go through the details of why they are not meeting goals. Why are they continuing to have complications or are they at risk for complications and set forth a um, a good plan, right. a plan that's multi-pronged so that the patient can uh, prevent any of these long-term complications. Sure. And, and you know, certainly... You, with all of your colleagues and the expertise, experts, my English, my God, experts at at Houston Methodist, there there is a definite advantage, and, and it's the resources and depth of experience that you're going to get. Absolutely. And we have in place a very wonderful multidisciplinary team approach. We have available di- certified diabetes educators and nutritionists to talk about um, the diet. We have a uh, weight loss program, if that's a major hurdle yeah. in uh, controlling diabetes. And then we have a multitude of specialists that our endocrinologists work with in order to screen and prevent and treat any complications mm-hmm. that may be coming yeah. up. What, uh, you know, actually, um, you know, because of all the social media, people are sending me messages regarding what we've been talking about. Can you comment about some of the new Injectable medicines, they're not insulin, but they are, you know, people that have Absolutely. to take a daily shot. What's, yeah. what's the story with all that? So this is an exciting new class. It falls under the incretin therapies, uh-huh. which comes from the gut, Dr. Galati. That's right. Going back to GI. Um, it's, a, it's a hormone that we all have within us, uh, but this is uh, delivered in an injectable. It is not insulin, mm-hmm. but what it does is it enhances the pancreas function And the way the gut metabolizes the carbs that are coming in, it also does a very wonderful thing. It goes to the brain Mm -hmm. and suppresses the appetite center. So it's become a real mainstay of therapy. There's several um, companies with several uh, products at this time. It helps you lose weight, bring your blood sugars down. Um, and to bring everything into control. Have you had good luck with it? I've had great luck with it. It doesn't work 100% of the time for everyone, but this Mm -hmm. is something your doctor or an endocrinologist can go through with you and see if it's appropriate for you. Right. You know, the other point um, is, you know, talking about these complications, what should be the 
strategy on getting your eyes checked, getting your feet checked. Uh, again, I would I, when I talk to my diabetic patients, uh, I'll say, do you have a good relationship with your podiatrist, getting your foot looked at? So, you know, you need an eye doctor, skin doctor, uh, heart doctor, get your blood pressure under control. Exactly. What, what is it that you need? So there is a list of maintenance things that mm-hmm. should be done for every patient with diabetes. You mentioned the eyes. There should be an annual eye exam of mm-hmm. the retina. So this is not your optometrist adjusting your prescription glasses. glasses. It is actually an exam to the back of the eye looking at the retina. And in our office, we have a camera that's available that will take within five minutes pictures of your retina and alert us immediately if there's anything going on Mm -hmm. that you need to see an ophthalmologist right away. You have the foot exam. This should be done by your doctor every time you go for your diabetes checkup. And if there's anything wrong, be referred to a podiatrist for a more specialty care. Right. You have the heart. Um, this will depend on your risk factors and your symptoms. Mm-hmm. But if needed, you need to get a stress test, and a cardiologist can help with that. Right. And, of course, kidneys. Um, there's routine blood tests that are done to look at the function of the kidneys. And if there's any abnormalities, we will send to a nephrologist or kidney yeah. specialist. All right. Excellent. It, you know, this is, this is a lot of, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And on your end and my end, very rewarding. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we've given all these alarming statistics, but we right. don't talk about those patients I had patients the other day come in thrilled that their A1C was now 6.5. Right. One patient has been trying for six months and did everything we set out for him to do and came back with just a gold star, gold yeah. medal in the yeah. Olympic and, time. And it is, it is so rewarding. But, but for everybody listening, you need to cultivate and develop this great doctor-physician relationship because you're, these patients are in for the long haul, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's a lifelong disease, and it's one that can be managed very well right. with the right approach. Yeah, and I, and I think my reason to state these alarm numbers and there's millions and millions of people is to wake people up. Absolutely. It really, it really is, not to get too comfortable to say, well, we have it under control now. We don't have it under control. Type 2 we have diabetes to... can be prevented, and we just have to do it. We have to educate about it so that these numbers go down in the coming years. No, absolutely. All right, what we're going to do, we're going to be taking a break right now. I believe we have to take a break. And um, we're, we'll, we'll keep Dr. Sadhu around. I've got some other uh, potpourri items that we'll be chatting about. But uh, you don't mind staying, right? You got your son here tonight. I think he's having a good time in the studio. Yeah, I'd love to. He's heard all of this diabetes. He's, talk he's heard all times. of it. All right. Well, we'll get there. All right. We will be back. Final segment. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Go to yourhealthfirst.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Let us know what you think. Read about Dr. Sadhu and diabetes. We'll be right back. Final segment of this week's installment of Your Health First. I'm Dr. Joe Galati. Don't forget, go to yourhealthfirst.com. And you could also go to texasliver.com, texasliver.com. If you have questions about liver, fatty liver, cirrhosis, hepatitis C, we're doing some research in fatty liver that's starting 
in the next week or so. So if you're out there driving home from work tonight and you say, hey, I got fatty liver, go to TexasLiver.com and contact us. You could call the main number, ask for Kobe Tyner. Kobe's been on the program before. He is my go-to guy at the office. Um, But uh, 713-794-0700 is our phone number. You could ask for Kobe and or go to your health, uh, not yourhealthfirst.com, texasliver.com to talk about fatty liver. And, and again, Dr. Sadhu is here from Houston Methodist, just hanging out with me rest of the night. Um, um, fatty liver is certainly a problem that we're seeing, which is the end result of metabolic syndrome, which is all part of you know type insulin 2 diabetes, insulin resistance. Type 2 diabetes, that's right. Yeah. So there's a, an article that was published this week. And again, it goes with the same theme of what we've talked about tonight and uh, in the past. American men, on average, are 7 kilos, which is about 15, 16 pounds, heavier than just 20 years ago, according to a new report. The average height has remained the same, obviously. And they're saying that women and children did not go without weight gain either. The average woman weighed 64 kilos in 1960. And 76 kilograms today. Adolescent boys and girls saw a 5.4 kilogram weight increase over the past 20 years. So that's about 10 to 12 pounds. That is why... That goes right along with type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. Those two are very closely related. And uh, in order for us to make a dent into these statistics, we need to address both. Yeah, it really is. And this is... There's so many, it, it it is not as easy as you think to to address all of this. It has to get to our lifestyle. It is, you know, when I was growing up in the old days, we went out to dinner maybe once a month. My mother and father and all of us slaved in the kitchen making our meals. When we went to visit family, they were cooking their meals. It wasn't as if oh my, they're ordering Mexican or they're ordering pizza. It was homemade food at every turn. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I I recall talking to a patient. We were going through his diet, and I've heard a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But even my jaw dropped when they said that they were eating out at least two meals a day. Right, right. Well, what I do is I ask patients in a seven-day stretch 21 meals, how many are either eaten out or taken in? So a lot of the times they don't think taken in. Prepared outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the statistic I love is that 17% of meals are eaten in the car. Wow. Think of that. I didn't hear that one. you heard it here. You heard it from me. All right. Uh, Here's another story I found. Impaired glucose tolerance, which is sort of in that insulin resistance. It's the pre-diabetes I mentioned. Uh, May increase mortality risk. Okay, so this was out of a, a, a journal, Diabetes Care. Yep. Do you read that? Absolutely. All right. Yes. I don't. Okay. So what happens in there is you your body's trying very hard to keep your sugars normal and has to pump out a lot of insulin. And these high levels of insulin then have other effects, including heart disease. Right. And one of one of the parts of the article is that the people that had the death of these folks with the pre-diabetes was because over 10 to 20 years... They turned to type 2 diabetes, and they had all of the, the complications, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, if you're a regular listener... 
to your health first or me in the hallway anywhere. I love to talk about food and cooking food. And I found an article and one of the references I enjoy is men's health. Even though it's sort of a guy magazine on health and exercise, they have some great articles about food and nutrition. And you can see here, it is making uh, salad. Now, you could all get pretty sick and tired of just eating salad time after time. But this recipe here is grilling romaine lettuce on the barbecue. Have you ever done that? I haven't. Many other vegetables, but not Yeah. Now, have you ever grilled cabbage? Yes, actually. Okay. You got me on that one. Yes. But but grilling cabbage is very good. So the, what what you do here is basically, and I I'll I'll scan this and I'll stick it on uh, on the Facebook page tonight of uh, Your Health First. But basically, what you're doing is the, you you have a Caesar salad that goes with it. Now the croutons you could ditch. Don't include the croutons. I would probably cut up some apple and throw it in there, or some cubes of uh, of. Uh, guacamole or something. But anyway, you you rinse off the entire head of romaine, put it on your barbecue, probably on a medium to medium high for about five, six minutes, turning it so that it browns up, chars up a bit, and then you dice it up and throw it into your salad. That's another way of just... Sounds great. A little bit different, but you, you have to be creative in in trying to make food interesting because so much of what we do is related to food right now, i mean Joe, the, the remember nutrition. your segment on the vegetti the vegetti i bought a vegetti perfect it's and great. my father is listening in new york on iheart website so dad you've Thank made you you've made an impression the vegetti all right look we're gonna that's it for tonight Dr. Sadhu, you've been fantastic as always. Don't forget, go to... It's a pleasure. Absolutely. We've got so much to talk about. Go to yourhealthfirst.com. Don't forget, if you need a discussion on colonoscopy or fatty liver, texasliver.com. Give us a call. We'd be happy to talk to you. Until next Sunday night, eat right, think about exercise, and if you're diabetic, get that hemoglobin A1C. See you next week. You've been listening to Your Health First with Dr. Joe Galati. For more information on this program or the content of this program, go to yourhealthfirst.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.